0: Just a few weeks ago, I had an opportunity to go back to Kenya and visit the hospital where Jody and I invested 11 years of our life. And it was just thrilling to see all the progress and development that's occurred there and the tremendous spiritual outreach that Tinwick has. You know, I, I still look back on those special years and think how what a privilege it was that God let us invest our lives where it made such a great difference. And that's why I wanted Dave DePazze and uh, our next guest, to come on. Some of you know David. He was president of CMDA from 1989 through 1991. He practiced oral and maxillofacial surgery in Connecticut for 28 years, was associate clinical professor of surgery at Yale. And then in 1988, he and his wife, Deidre, went to Venezuela as a tithe of their professional assets where they served uh, with team missions until 1994. I wanted David to come on and talk about second career missions Maybe you're doing some short-term missions now, but wouldn't it be great to take some time in your life and and give it full-time to a missionary service around the world where your expertise could make such a tremendous difference in the lives of individuals? Let's hear what David has to say. David, you've got a whole new role Uh, after uh, many years in practice and then in academics, then moving to the mission field, coming back and starting medicine, which has helped literally hundreds of health professionals to serve overseas. You've moved into a new role. Tell us about that.
1: My mission board uh, called me up one day and said uh, we have hospitals all over the world and we're having trouble uh, staffing them, especially with surgeons. Is there any way you can help us? And uh, of course, the whole idea of uh, second careers and missions uh, appealed to me. It's been part of my life uh, since we, my wife and I, went to the mission field in 1988. I said, "Well, let's try." One of the first things I did was call David Stevens <laughs> and say, "David, can you can you uh, help us to let people know that there's a need out there?" that there are many qualified people to meet that need who aren't quite aware of that fact. And uh, could you help us direct our attention and our information to the right people?
0: Well, this is a great need missions all over the world. And, and I think a movement that God is really about in second careers, people who have uh, either step out early or have completed uh, their career, in medicine in this country and god can really use them overseas and i know you put a lot of thought into that david let's really deal with that topic for some of those who may be thinking of this years away from now and some who probably thinking about it in the near future uh, let's give them some advice and uh, and ideas uh, how to approach this what would you say was the first thing they need to be thinking about well there are a
1: couple things that rank pretty much equally and uh, they have to do with lifestyle And preparation. Lifestyle in that the more simply one can begin to live, the less there is to obstruct and deflect one from fulfilling what probably would be a God-given call to a second career in missions. And those uh, things that entangle us, debt of some kind or another, a sense that they aren't really prepared from a biblical point of view or from biblical knowledge, to entertain the life of a missionary, and the fact that their spouse might not have the same sense of call. Uh, These issues loom large and cause many people to just dismiss out of hand the possibility of a second career in in, uh, medical missions.
0: Let's go through some of those. Let's first talk about spouse. Let's start uh, right there. Uh, how do you get both people to have the vision, or maybe a single missionary, of course, but if it's a couple, how can both grasp the vision of doing this? Uh, especially, you know, for often folks, it's grandkids are starting to come along, and uh, there's those attachments. How, how do you make that decision?
1: I think the, the major thing is to keep an open mind. And uh, many times, one spouse will have a sense of real call, a God-given call, uh, a sense that uh, mission service is really for them and the other might feel indifferent toward that may not feel that there is a uh, that God is lighting a fire under them to get going and so the spouse who is reluctant is often helped by just keeping an open mind and seeing what the process is like you can also uh, suggest that they have a, a frank conversation with someone who's been through this and knows that as uh, the oneness evolves, they get closer and closer to the possibility of not only going but enjoying
0: it. Yeah, I think it's important, and I know you agree, to go do a short-term mission to a place you're considering, learn what it's like. You know, it's like somebody saying they want to be a mechanic and they never looked under the hood of a car. Uh, you need to go try it out, and that's very possible in this day and time. And secondly, and as you've said, you just got to pray about it and explore it and talk to others and collect information. And really, together, seek God's will, because God doesn't call one without calling the other if it's really his call, and I think he can help you in that area. What about spiritual preparation? You, you noted that, and, and you know, you're know you talking to people who've probably been in church most of their life and uh, lots of Sunday school and sermons. Uh, What's spiritual preparation needed for a change in career and head over to the mission, field?
1: Well, I think the ordinary things we do in the church, teaching, giving, serving in one way or another, have to prepare us for the same kind of life in a different geographical setting. And the person who is following the spiritual disciplines has a much easier transition to mission life. Certainly, uh, most mission sending agencies would want their missionaries to be conversant in the basic major doctrines of the faith. But for most Christians who have really been listening, sitting in the pew, listening and absorbing uh, what God has been teaching them, they have this background already. And it's a matter of, uh, uh, brushing up on apologetics and the major doctrines of our faith. So the theology that one, of missions that w- one develops, the uh, theology of medical missions, the, the, uh, uh, desire to follow the model of our Lord Jesus Christ who, who touched people and healed people and called people unto himself, this is the same model that we use today with God's help.
0: Yeah, I think that's true, and and, uh, it makes such a huge difference when you get there. The things most satisfying overseas are the same things that are most satisfying here, and that is uh, helping people grow in their faith and introducing people to Jesus Christ. And you just have many more opportunities often in other countries because you are a missionary, and people uh, are expectant of that I know one of the things that was very helpful to us when we went was learning more about the country, learning more about the people, the culture, even before we left to head overseas, uh, made that adjustment much more easier and gave us a love of those people long before uh, we'd gotten to know many of them very well or reading missionary biographies, stories uh, from the country that God's calling you to. Uh, uh, all those things can be helpful. What, what else can help you prepare spiritually?
1: I think uh, sometimes a visit to the place where you might be appointed would be is very helpful. And to realize that in, in many situations where there's, a, for example, a hospital that draws people in, there also is an active uh, Christian witness, an active indigenous church, and observing that, getting to, to see how uh, our Christian faith is not only spread but matured, by the mission experience, by the medical mission experience, is very, very helpful. And, of course, getting together with a pastor and a a mission committee head in your, your own church, these things are all helpful in preparing you spiritually for what many, many people are very shy about, and that is... Living an active Christian life in front of people who don't yet know the Lord
0: and I would need to add uh, our completing your call course, which uh, CMDA's put together to really help people who are considering wider ministry. It may be in this country or overseas, but teaches world view and assessment of your spiritual gifts and what areas you need to focus on and uh, if people want to find out more about that, they can go to our, our website or give us a buzz here. Let's talk about financial preparation. I know that's an area you have a great interest in because you've seen that as a barrier for for many people getting overseas. Give us some advice in this area, David.
1: Well, one of the basic things is to work hard to eliminate debt, to live a debt-free Christian life. Yeah. And, of course, in our society, this is extremely difficult, and uh, many people feel it's it's really impossible. They're so Laden down with credit card debt and, and uh, uh, outsized uh, homes that are that are very very expensive to maintain, sometimes two or three homes and uh, the other trappings of uh, success in our professions. That we really need to put physical possessions in perspective and review God's ownership of material things and understand that uh, there are some basic financial principles that can either help you answer that mission call or that will deprive you of the wonderful opportunity to serve the Lord on the mission field. So God's ownership of material things, our stewardship of material things, the parable in Matthew 25, those things can help us put in perspective the things that would weigh us down, the material things that would weigh us down, but living debt free is uh, wonderfully emancipating for the Christian who will, even if if they are never called to the mission field, it's a wonderful way to to live and a wonderful goal to have, even for younger people.
0: I know you advise people to fund their pensions fully and you know lay aside for that type of thing, but I think one of the things I've seen, David, too, is that. People in middle age or towards the end of their career, they're reluctant to go because they don't think they can support themselves uh, overseas with what they've put aside. And I think there's two things I'd say to that. Number one, many places it costs a lot less to live overseas than it does to live in the U.S. Part of it is because you... You don't have many compulsive buying. You never get to the store. Our grocery store is 50 miles away, so, you know, you didn't drop in and say, Hey, yeah, I want to buy a candy bar. Uh, so, you know, it, the expenses tend to be less. And then secondly, and I think the area where it really has to do with pride, I don't want to go ask people to help support my missionary endeavor. And I think uh, some second career people miss out on a wonderful blessing to have people not only supporting them financially and involved in their ministry, but also praying for them and really considering them to be their missionaries. I've often said to younger docs, and I'd say to older ones as well, is money should never be a reason that you cannot do what God has asked you to do. He may have you step out on faith, but he always supplies. And if he's called you, he'll provide a way.
1: Amen. You know, uh, this the whole business of uh, raising support is really a barrier it, and as you mentioned, it's a barrier. It's, there's a pride element to it. Uh, for this reason, our church and many churches that have active short-term programs do not allow the the person, the short-term missionary, to pay their own way. They insist that you uh, write to people outside the church, friends and others, and ask them to support you in this venture. What this does is it has, it has uh, two beneficial effects. It gets you to the short-term mission field and it also stimulates questions on the part even of non-believers as to why you're what your motivation is and why you're doing what you're doing and it's very very helpful to inform people around you that the ministry you're doing is being done by the support of other interested uh, friends and colleagues
0: I remember my father saying to me when we first went to the mission field, David, you'll have as much ministry in the United States as you have overseas. And I think those considering the second career, it's the same thing. What you're doing is such a powerful witness to your colleagues and others coming along behind you and stimulates so many questions that you have tremendous ministry here as well as in the country where God's called you to serve. Let's talk about mission boards. I mean, the other barrier I see is, okay, I feel God nudging me that direction. How in the world do I pick a mission board? How do I develop a relationship? Uh, What's that all about?
1: When you're selecting a mission board, you want to get their publications. Most mission agencies have a uh, quarterly or monthly newsletter that they send out, a magazine, and they're very attractive and very informative. Uh, You need to have a relationship with a mission board that is very frank and open that uh, will allow you to negotiate issues, to talk about finances, frankly, and, and I am a strong believer even in having financial arrangements in writing so that there is no disconnect when someone at the home office retires or moves on. But this imbues us with a sense of service and gets us over the sense, the, the idea that asking about money and talking about money
0: is somehow unspiritual. What else do you need to think about with a mission agency?
1: You want to uh, be able to communicate with a mission board. And uh, in the process where where Deidre and I were getting ready to go to the field, we visited quite a number of mission boards and found out that they have communication styles that vary tremendously. And uh, you want to select a, a mission agency that Talks to you about frankly about problems that tailors the responsibilities that you will experience to your gifts and your talents, and communicates the sense that they are considering their investment in you as important as with any missionary going. And consequently, as you work with a mission board that has this uh, openness and this mindset, you—it's like a marriage. You—you you end up. Happy with what with the selection you've made, and you've worked on potential problems to uh, to diffuse any deeply seated uh, uh, problems and and uh, things that would affect your ministry.
0: What can someone expect if they go down this road? You guys did it, uh, left uh, in your career and headed overseas. What did you find from that experience,
1: <laughs> David? I I wrote uh, a little publication or a little paper for Evangelical Missions Quarterly, and I had just been reviewing it. It actually was written and published in July 1992, and it was a a survey I did of quite a number of missionaries, 90 missionaries, uh, who were in the second career mode, and we asked them a whole bunch of questions about their experience, and what wonderful uh, results we saw uh, from this number one we had talked we we've talked together about a spouse's uh reaction to the mission field, and one of the the uh, most significant things that we saw was working together in the mission field uh with uh husband and wife, sometimes the wife being the the health professional, sometimes the husband being the health professional, deepened their relationship, gave them a sense of teamwork working together something they had never had in all of their professional years, because somehow in our culture the health professionals' uh, uh, busyness and uh, focus is on one side of the equation, and you have a spouse on the other side of the equation who might be lonely, feeling neglected, unfulfilled, and so forth. That is not the experience of second-career missionaries. They work together together. And in every case where this question was answered, they had a newed, renewed and a deepened relationship with their spouse. So that is a, that's something you can expect. Uh, you'll work at it. You'll work together. But it's a wonderful thing to have that renewal in your marriage.
0: What about job satisfaction?
1: Well, it's always high. I think uh, they're always, always the outliers, the people who don't adjust and so forth. But they're in a very, very small minority you can expect to be a very, very glad that God has placed you in a, a situation you are in and uh, you uh, have a sense that you're fulfilling your personal great commission, that uh, you're, you're just exactly where God wants you, and that you are, you are able to do some things that you might not even be able to do uh in the United States for example you can share the gospel with nearly every patient that you uh where where the holy spirit moves you to become involved in your in their lives my own mission board has 3 hospitals that are in islamic countries muslim countries and in every one of those situations believe it or not there is freedom to communicate the gospel one on one and so This is a a tremendous thing, not only for the body of Christ and for the people who come to Christ, but it is a tremendous thing for a person who has been held back by the rules and regulations of our hospitals that you cannot share your faith, that they don't want people in there talking about religion and that sort of thing.
0: And then you've got some wonderful bonuses, like you don't have to worry about getting sued. People really appreciate what you're doing for them. Right. I mean, uh, all those, you're, you're you're saving lives almost every day. No defensive medic- medicine. Uh, right. <laughs> and then you, you learn so many new things. I mean, medicine's never boring because there's always some coming in the door you've never seen before, and you're going to really be dependent on the Lord. So it's it's a fun place uh, to practice medicine overseas. And Yeah, there's heavy workloads, but... It's uh, so, so fulfilling. What kind of special issues do people need to be aware of as they move down this road? Well, I
1: think uh, uh, being a grandfather and uh, uh, loving his, <laughs> his grandchildren, I think it is reassuring for uh, the older uh, second career missionary to know that there is a lot of flexibility today that uh, didn't exist a generation ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were on the mission field. Uh, for six years, and uh, as sort of a tithe of our professional lives, we had our family visit us, and we, uh, of course, I was president of CMDA at the time, and we were able to travel frequently back to the U.S. in short breaks that uh, sort of were refreshing in a way. But it's interesting that in every case that I can think of, We were eager to get back to the place where God had had called us. And it is that fulfilling that uh, being away from the family on a Christmas holiday sort of paled in uh, significance to being exactly where the Lord had placed us. And we had many, many fulfilling times in spite of the fact that there was separation.
0: Yeah, God always pays back with uh, tremendous interest when we give to him, and uh, I would agree with it. Uh, And then, you know, you open the eyes of friends and family that come to visit to a whole new world that they've never experienced, which is a, a blessing as well. Yeah. Well, David, thank you for going over this with us. I think this is an area where many people have questions and have felt a nudge and are just not knowing what step to take next. And you've uh, given us a lot of great food for thought. And thanks for what you're doing as an example to uh, advise and encourage people. And I know you'd be happy to help anyone that might have questions.
1: You know, Dave, if uh, people wanted some encouragement or asking, or would like to ask some technical questions from a non-mission person they could contact me by uh, by email it would be it's very simple to get in touch with me it's just d topazian t-o-p-a-z-i-a-n at teamworld, one word teamworld.org
0: thanks so much dave for being with us thanks for the opportunity dave God may lead you to team missions or perhaps another mission organization, but Dave is just a great resource to help answer some of those important questions you might have. Speaking of retirement, don't forget we offer discounted rates to our qualifying retirees and CMDA membership. We don't want to lose you when you retire. We want to still be involved. You have so much to offer. And uh, another thing I want to mention, too, is encourage your colleagues to be members of CMDA. I think in this day and time with what we're facing with so many changes in health care, there's never been a time that we needed to band together more as Christian doctors to speak with one voice, to encourage and equip each other, to admonish each other spiritually and help us grow in our faith. And right now, and that's what CMDA exists for and to bring on the next generation of Christian doctors.